this morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. First and 10 for the Colts at the 18-yard line of Houston. Indianapolis again with four first downs on the opening possession. Richardson going to take off on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Untucked into the end zone. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson. Fake the reverse. Turns the corner. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. And chew out of the gun. Ball in the right hash. Three receivers stacked left side. They're going to run it again with Moss. Cuts it out. He's at the five, and he stretches the ball across the goal line. Touchdown. Obviously concerned about Anthony getting dinged in the head, but he's he says he feels fine. He was, uh, you know, clear and, and feeling a lot better. Obviously went out in concussion protocol, but Gardner stepped in. Um, obviously a veteran guy, knows the system, operates at a high level. Um, obviously had two good drives there when he came in there and scored. In this bittersweet, in this bittersweet now. I knew what Mark was doing with that song. I knew exactly what he was doing. Hey, we're back together again on the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy on this Monday morning. Hey, react. You, was that, is that for Shane Steichen? Are we clapping no, for no, Shane no, no, Steichen? No, 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 that's for first, you guys. First you guys. win. Is, uh... We got three hours to get to all that. We're clapping for Nikki Sweeney. Oh, we're clapping man. for Mason Sweeney. We're Thank cap- you. Clapping for Andy, of course. Don't, don't clap what? for Do me. Do you want to tell him the nickname you bestowed his child? Yes. Oh, I, no. I, I feel like I got to call him Little Gas. <laughs> I love it. Are we good First with that? Hey, listen. Hey, listen. He's I hope here. Nikki's not up at he, this hour he's, listening. He's okay? here and he's healthy. If she's up, she's not listening to Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> I can sure as hell tell you that. Uh, welcome, guys. How we doing, man? Good to see you. Tuesday, I called KB and uh, Mark, and I'm like, yeah, we're having a baby. So yeah, uh, we'll, probably will not be there on Wednesday. When I look down <laughs> at the phone Tuesday evening, we're eating on the front porch. I'm like, oh, Uh-oh. boy, a missed call from Andy Sweeney. Ooh, I'm going to guess this means something that uh, yeah. that little boy is knocking, <laughs> and certainly he was. And In all seriousness, I know it was a beyond chaotic Ooh. process for you guys, so uh, congrats to Nikki, yeah. and great to hear that everything went about as smooth as possible. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, li- yeah, listen, so Tuesday night, uh, you know, we'll get into to everything, obviously. Uh, Anthony Richardson, the Colts win. I thought the clapping was for Shane Steichen in his first win as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, but We so- put life into the world <laughs> just ahead of just, ten, uh, two scored divisional yeah, wins. It, which, yeah. which a, a game, by the way, that you read pretty damn good. I, you read you read it right. We'll give you your uh, your love here early Although on this Monday. you put the Giants win yesterday above all of that. Now that... Well, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. What a win over Little one of the worst. Little is undefeated, right? Yes, 1-0, and oh, baby. You better believe it. I actually got a good story about that. Uh, we show up at the hospital, and, and you know, I have the iPad. That's when the Giants start making their comeback. But that's <laughs> that's a dopey thing. So on Tuesday, uh, you know, my wife was going to do all this. And I'm an open book. Mark texts me during the week. He's like, can we talk about it? I'm like, dude, it's sports radio. Yes. And I'll tell you guys why here in just a second. So it's Tuesday, and, you know, my wife was going to do the, you know, was going to do the natural 
birth route, and we you know we had a plan. We had a plan. We had a game plan, KB. And the game plan, we had to pivot. We had to Omaha. We had to do all those yeah, other things. Quite the Omaha. Uh, and you know her rising blood pressure, it just kept going up. And so she was meeting with the new doctor, and the new doctor said, "We're going to keep you for 24 hours." And then about 45 minutes after that, it's like uh, we're inducing you. You are having the baby. And it's funny. Uh, it's a blur, but I remember the blur, and I suppose I will remember the blur for the rest of my life. It's one of those things that people always tell you about. Uh, it was 6.05 p.m., and she's like, they're inducing me. And so, my, you know, immediately my brain, we didn't have a bag ready. You know, we didn't have the bag ready for the hospital because he was five weeks early, okay? And we just moved in and all these different things. I'm dripping with sweat. I've been unloading boxes for five and a half hours uh, at the house. I throw, I take a shower. I throw everything in there. 10.43 the next morning uh, on Wednesday, my man Mason, he's here, uh, and he's he's uh, up at Community North. He's in the NICU. He's doing very well. Uh, we, you know, he's progressing. He's checking all the boxes. Nikki came home Saturday night, which is fantastic. I thought they might be keeping her into into yesterday, uh, something like that. And uh, I mean, we 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 are lucky considering all of the circumstances. We're lucky. We're absolutely blessed. And I'll say this, and this goes for people in this area. It goes for people at my at my previous stop and just people uh, in between that you know. I mean, the amount of people around here who have known me for a month and a half, who have known me for such a small amount of time around here, reaching out, uh, listeners reaching out, the the texts, the tweets, the the DMs, the X's, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's been it's been humbling, dude. It's been absolutely humbling. And I mean, when they say you'll never look at life or your wife the same. They were not lying. <laughs> they were absolutely it's quite the understatement. Right? Uh, they were not lying. So the last few days have been uh, a whirlwind, but I'm jacked up to be back. Uh, I know, uh, obviously, tons of things to talk about, but uh, I appreciate the flexibility on Tuesday when I called you at six thirty. What were you having out on the out on the yeah, deck or the we, porch? We, what were you having? We had grilled some chicken. It was okay. a beautiful night. You know, grilled chicken last week, and I guess even today, we, we kind of continue to get this really early, nice fall weather. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, and it was a nice again, night. Yeah. As soon as I looked down on the phone, I knew full well, and Mark and I. I even traded a few texts on the side of saying, oh my gosh, man, I cannot believe what they're going through right now because you put the move on top of all of this. I mean, you guys had been in that house for what, 72 hours, 48 yeah. hours, something like that. And oh then, yeah. Boom, Mason's like, yeah, all right. I saw you guys moved in. I it's think game I'm ready. time. Yeah, it's game time. And, and I know you echo this and for you know us, it was IU North and Marcos different, but IU Community West. North for, for, yeah. for you guys. I mean, just... From a nursing and doctor standpoint, it's just unbelievable. Absolutely um, unbelievable what, what those people do. What they do and how they make it look so, so darn seamless. And In the most chaotic of situations. Too. Yeah. They kind of calm your nerves. Yeah. As Mark says, you know, it looks a little different in the movies <laughs> than it looks in there. But There weren't candles and there wasn't, uh, no. you know, Mozart music playing in the background or anything like that. It was it was a business trip. That's what I called it. It was a business trip. When they, you know, when they take her back and, you know, my wife had a CSAC. 
section. I mean, I, I don't mind saying it. It was, a, you know, it was not an emergency, but it was getting pretty damn close to being one. Uh, and you put on the garb, KB, and they're like, no, like they're ready. Like they're ready right now. And they open the door and, you know, the lights and everything, everyone's staring at you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's go. <laughs> so I walk in there as the last schmuck, you know. And uh, no, but I, listen, I thank you to you guys, all the people here uh, at the fan, all the listeners, uh, my decade plus in sports talk radio. And it's, you know, Mark texts me, can we talk about it? I'm an open book. That's what sports talk radio is. Like it's a connector. It's a connection that, you know, you, you feel like, you know, you know us blabbermouths on the radio and uh, we feel like we know people that we meet out at events and remotes and everything else. And so uh, it has really meant, uh, uh, you know, a lot over the last few days as uh, the transition of our lives has happened. So there we go. So how about Steichen? One and, uh, one, and one. How about that? Well, yeah. First off, happy birthday, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Way. Right? Yeah. Was it it's today? Okay to is it my birthday? Isn't it? Okay, now this is odd. Is it your birthday? It you tell me. Birthday? Is it your birthday? <laughs> Who told you it was my birthday, Mark? <laughs> I just happen to know things. <laughs> well, are you one of those guys that keeps your birthday hidden? No, yeah, it is uh, September 18th. I am 34 years old today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at this. Look at, the, jer- like look at the things we have going on today. Did the, did the YouTube chat inform you, Mark, of that? No, oh, I, boy. I'm aware. I, are you not say, on, are you not on you... Facebook? I'm asking because I, I don't know. I really know. don't even know if I have my Facebook. I, I have like a work Facebook page. I, I kind of forget if my birthday is like still up there so yeah 34 years old no but my contact it has a little birthday present next to your name today so as, oh how know. about that i think as we all quickly sure find out birthdays like mason you know kind of outweigh the old 34 year old birthday for myself or rosie bowen screaming at 4 a.m about oh. her about her ear kind of outweighs any the, any sort of birthday she's so. a four yes, thank you she's a 4 a.m this is like the third time i know you've mentioned that i think she, she's had a rough rough last oh. last week or so but well. um you know i think we all can probably there's b- bigger and better things. Share stories like that yes. for for three hours, but yes, nonetheless, uh, two score win. How about uh, that? For the Colts yesterday, and you know, it, it, all week long, Andy, you know, Mark and I and James Boyd. Shout out to James Boyd for filling in for a couple days yeah. for you. Thank you, James. It, it, it got to the point where I was like. I really think the Colts are going to cruise. Like, I, I just think Houston stinks. I think they're hurt. I think the Colts showed me in week one that they are a... I think they can be a decent football team this year. I mean, I was on the over, if you want to go back to the over-under. So, um, you know, one and one after two weeks, I guess it's that that's what I thought. But um, I thought it was important getting to Sunday of like, all right, you have a divisional opponent. You didn't beat the Texans last year. You have won one of your last eight divisional games. Andy, yesterday was the Colts' first win in like yeah. eight games. Yeah. It was their first double-digit win yeah. since 2021. I mean, you, you got to go back to that Patriots game, the Saturday night game inside of Lucas Oil Stadium for the last time they've had a two-score win. So I think when you start like looking at it, you're like, damn, they really needed that. Like Getting to the complacency of it's acceptable to lose, especially to divisional opponents, it's just a dangerous slope. Uh, obviously, the Richardson storyline is the one that does put a little sour taste on it. And I know it's a topic that we talked about just seven days ago in him exiting that Jacksonville game early. And you, you can't ignore the elephant in the room. It's why I wrote about it last week. It's why I tried to make sure that we focused on it for stretches of this guy has carried the football 13 times in his NFL career. And he's been hurt on three of those 13 carries. That is an ugly percentage. It's a reminder that 255-pound quarterbacks aren't invincible at all, 
and this element to his playing style leading to more hits, leading to potentially more injuries, it's going to be a storyline with his entire career. And unfortunately, five quarters into his career, it's a huge, huge deal. Yeah, listen, it's it's bittersweet. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think I thought the Colts just you know thoroughly outplayed the Texans, and that's where you were spot on. And what's so I guess frustrating, man, is you know Richardson was was playing well, and not only that, he was going to play well, and he was going God, to have series was flawless. KB, he was going to have stats. He was going to. Leave Leave that game, and people are going to say, "Okay, Ar did this. He had you know 250 yards passing in a touchdown, and had you know two or three scores on the ground." And you know, and they walk into Texas and they take care of business. And the hit comes, you know, from from a defensive back. It wasn't like you're taking a linebacker, right. or you're taking right, a, right. a D end, something like that. And you know, I read I read Bob Kravitz last night, and he's you know maybe not making the parallel of Andrew Luck, but every Colts fan has to think, you know, Andrew Luck, his body was so beat that he walked away from the game and that sort of thing. So I'm not there, but I'm nervous. I, I don't mind saying that that I'm a little worried that this is now two games and now you enter concussion protocol and then you get Baltimore and then the games get easier. And that's a conversation we can have. Uh, I know Jim Irsay, we heard it in the open there, spoke to some reporters after the game, but I'm low-key. Uh, I don't know how nervous to be. I mean, we, we've, we've seen what? We've seen a knee, we've seen an ankle, and now you got a now you got a concussion, and that's an entirely different thing, and that's viewed entirely differently, you know, by the NFL as well. Yeah, and, and we'll go through obviously the process uh, all week long, and just what Richardson needs to do to get ready for Sunday. It, I looked last year; there are a couple of Colts players that cleared concussion protocol within a week, so it, it is possible. I know there's a huge chunk of people out there that would say, "Just sit the kid." I mean, he's two wow. years into his NFL career, all of that, um, but you'd be ignoring the elephant in the room, you'd be naive not to acknowledge that his playing style is something that we will debate. And, and you know... I've but look how this, good it was. Look how good it was. I, I know, and that's and, what and, adds and, to and, it. And, and that's like, the problem. Look, before the concussion, and I know it's the second touchdown, the offense they were running, his lanes, what Steichen was dialing up, that's the good side of it. Yeah. You saw them both yesterday. Leading into April's draft, Andy, the whole time I, I said, okay, it's time for the Colts to finally go down the path of... Here's the young quarterback. Let's grow. Can we find something for six to eight to ten years? That is the goal at that position. I remember saying to somebody out of practice last week, um, saying to them, man, I wonder what Anthony Richardson's going to look like as a player at 26. I wonder what he's going to look like at 28, 30 years old. You know, because guys that run... They have to change their style at some point. You just can't. Michael Vick was not Michael Vick at 30 that he was at 22. And obviously, there's a whole lot to get there with Michael Vick's career. But even Lamar Jackson, I mean, we've seen how the months of December have gone for him each of the last couple of years. He hasn't been on the field. So that thought was in my head. Um, And it's unfortunate because there is so much good to point to from yesterday. I mean, Zach Moss was much better than competent. Um, we can talk about him. I thought Gardner Minshew handled things beautifully. Uh, that is not easy to do, to come off the bench like that. Obviously, it helps when your opponent is Houston, but still, 19-23. And your defensive line, that was why I was so confident entering Sunday. I thought Houston's O-line was beyond banged up. And you set the tone with that opening mm-hmm. strip on the first third down of the game. Richardson obviously scores on that next play. That ends up being the play that he suffers 
the concussion on, but uh, right there, your defensive line, nine. I think it was nine hits, six sacks on C.J. Stroud, um, exactly what you needed from that position group. So plenty to get to game-wise, plenty to get to Anthony Richardson-wise. Joe Wrights is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. It is a very nice start to this week here in Indianapolis. Shout out to Mason Sweeney. Shout yes. out to Andy Sweeney, Nikki Sweeney. Yes. Everybody tune it in. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5 on a 7.5 The Fan. The Fan. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson. Fake the reverse. Turns the corner. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Yeah, yeah, that's how it sounded right here on The Fan on Sunday. Colts get the win 31-20. Coming up in uh, just a couple minutes or so, Joe Wright's going to join us here on the Wake Up Call, hanging out with you on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Tons to talk about. We'll keep breaking it down. I think in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll take some calls as well. What did you see out there? Uh, How did you enjoy the game? The Colts get their first win of the season. We do have to talk about Minshew, Minshew Mania, something that you really don't want. (laughs) When you have Anthony Richardson, we can dive into that. Will he play next week? It's going to be uh, touch and go, obviously, here for the next few days or so. You know, a shout-out as well. I I thought, and I know you tweeted it out. I don't know if it was last night or this morning. I know it's been widely said on the fourth quarter, making the Texans kind of burn the timeout. I thought Shane Steichen had a really good game. I I mean, you know, they were rolling early. They were ready early. Um, We talked about the defensive line playing well. The running game looked better. Anthony Richardson looked really good and then you have to audible I mean everyone's right. everyone's looking around saying wait a minute he's in the 10 you know now he's going back to the sideline what's going on here he comes out of the game Gardner Minshew who gets no live reps during the week comes in uh, and plays a good efficient game and the Colts take care of business and they get his first win I thought Steichen had a really good game on it, Sunday it's pretty rare to see a guy a quarterback exit the game in the first half like happened yesterday but to see Richardson's offense pretty flawless. Then Minshew's offense came in and they were pretty flawless as well. They had a big touchdown there late in the first half, which I thought kind of started to pound that nail into the coffin a little bit there. So two very different style quarterbacks as well. And I also want to shout out Zach Moss. Um, You know, We're a little bit of the show. We haven't really mentioned him too, too much. Andy, he played every single offensive snap but one. That is so rare in today's NFL to see a running back do that. He offered much more competency to your run game there. 18 carries for 88 yards. Very, very important. And it's probably an indicator of what the Colts started their running backs in week one when they run Zach Moss, who, you know, hadn't you know been in live action and what well over I guess over a year or almost a year I should say and he's out there for every snap but one so big day from the fourth year running back out of Utah all right let's head to the Payless Liquors hotline right now and Joe Wright's going to join us obviously you're gonna hear him tonight Colts Roundtable Live coming up with Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor Joe Wright good morning Kevin, good afternoon, and I was uh, hitting an early morning workout with a uh, good friend of both of ours, Brian Shelbourne, and he mentioned to me that it is your birthday today, so happy birthday, (laughs) what a Monday morning Colts win, and Kevin Bowen's birthday, does it get any better than that? Gosh, getting a good afternoon birthday from Joe Wrights here at 7.36 in the morning. I can't think of a better way to celebrate number 34 for me. So thank you for that, Joe. Um, 
How about your old position group yesterday? No sacks, one hit. We talked about Shane Sykin. You know, two different quarterbacks in the game. Zach Moss doing that. But uh, I thought the trench play uh, really set the tone on both sides of the ball, Joe. No question. Game ball, O-line, and D-line. And it's so interesting because as I was watching the game again this morning and I got through the first half of, of my second film study, when you're ahead on the scoreboard, it just dictates things completely different. And people look at the end of the game, well, how did the Colts have six sacks and they gave up nothing? When you're ahead by two scores and the Colts got up 14 nothing right out of the gate, boom, you can dictate what you want to do. You decide to run the ball when you run the ball. On the other side, you know they have to pass and you can just lick your chops as a defensive lineman. We did that, especially with some of their backup linemen. Tunsil being out really killed them. Uh-oh. No, boy. Did we lose him? By the way, I was going to ask Joe. He said he's watching the game this morning. He wakes up at like 3 a.m. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. that's if what I figured. you need someone to come over and change little Gas's diaper here in the next few weeks. At 4.15? Joe Wrights is the father of, I think, 13 kids. Him and yeah. Philip Rivers are going back and forth on how many kids. Or I, who, I who saw can that. have more? So he's up at 4. So he's up at yeah. 3, 4 oh, yeah. a.m. He's breaking down offensive lineman film while we're still trying to get our final minutes of sleep in. Yes, that, I mean, and I say that in all seriousness. He will be over at uh, your guys' house in a uh, blink of an eye. <laughs> Joe, hey, it's Andy. Good to, good to meet you. You were talking about the offensive line, but you mentioned uh, when you broke up there, you, you, you mentioned you, you had already watched the game and you were breaking down the film. What time did you wake up this morning to begin film work? Uh, about four. Okay. Hey, when you got six young kids at home, there's not a lot of quiet hours in the day, so it's got to be <laughs> in the early morning. But, uh, but yeah, was re-watching the film. What I liked about our offensive line, I thought our combo bo- blocks were really good. A lot of times we were double-teaming that defensive lineman right up to the linebacker. And I thought you saw a difference in Zach Moss and his running style. He's a hard charger. He's a, hey, first contact might stop me for one yard, but I'm going to go and stretch it out to four or five. And I thought he was really productive. Obviously, we held on to the ball, which we didn't do last week with Deion Jackson. But I think you saw right away that, hey, Zach Moss is our bell cow, and we're going to ride him at that running back position. You know, And, and he barely came off the field. Joe Wright's joining us here on the Fan Pay Less Liquors Hotline Reaction Monday. Colts win 31-20. What's the conversation, whether it be with linemen or the entire offense and the coaching staff, when uh, the starting quarterback goes out, you know, kind of early in the game, in comes the backup, Minshew. We know he's a very solid player, but the playbook does change a little bit, especially with the quarterback running. What are those conversations like? What do you think they were like, I guess, for the Colts on Sunday? I would say not a lot, honestly. And I think that's the thing about Minshew and the unique position the Colts are in right now. I mean, your backup has way more experience and has won a lot of games in the NFL. So when he goes in there, there's probably almost a sense of calm from the offensive line. You know you're not going to maybe have as many QB runs, but we saw what Minshew did. He comes into the game, two straight touchdown drives, and then the second half starts, they punt, we kick the field goal, another scoring drive. And at that point, I mean, the game is – 31 to 10 and it was essentially over i know the houston got a lot of yards and shroud through for close to 400 but a lot of those were garbage yards in my opinion the game was already over so when i look at this game i separated into three segments first one richardson's four drives first two great we're up 14 nothing he goes out with the concussion then that middle three part of the game Minshew three straight scoring drives and again it was 28 10 a half and you felt like three scores the game's close to being over we go get a three and out and then all of a sudden we forced them to punt and you knew the game that was really over after we got that field goal so just really 
all three phases of the game. The Colts play complementary football. That's what you want to see. And, again, you're looking at two teams, two young quarterbacks, but two franchises that I thought, hey, the Colts, you could tell just across the board, were a more talented team than Houston. And they took care of business right out of the gate on the road, which is something that we struggle playing down there for whatever reason the last X amount of years. So I thought that was really, really good. That division opponent, smack them in the face on the road and let them know, hey, uh, hopefully this becomes a real recurring theme here in Indianapolis. Yeah, again, the first two-score win for the Colts since week 15 of the 2021 season. The one and only Joe Wright's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joe, it's a subject that I, I don't love talking about by any means, but it's the reality of where you're at right now with Anthony Richardson, and that is he is in concussion protocol. He left, uh, as you said, after that touchdown run. I guess he stayed in for a couple series and then left for good. Um I believe you dealt with a concussion at one point, maybe more more than that, but I'm trying to think back to that 2013 season in your career. For those that have not been through a concussion protocol, what is that process like knowing full well that obviously every concussion is, is different? Yeah, good question. So there's really like three stages. First, you have to be symptom-free. So whatever symptoms are, you know, if there's a headache or, you know, feeling a little foggy, et cetera. And then once you're symptom-free, then you start to progress with activity, running on the treadmill, you know, maybe running things at practice with no contact. And then if that progresses, then you have to pass basically having some contact and feeling fine. And the nice thing about the NFL and the new concussion protocol from the player perspective is you have to get cleared not only by the Colts team doctors, but an independent third-party neurologist. So there are some hoops that you have to go through. And again, I think how will that project out to – whether he can play against Baltimore or not, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more this afternoon with Shane Steichen in his press conference. But there's definitely a system and there's checks and balances in place where guys have to go through the proper protocol. So obviously him and Ryan Kelly in there, you know, that's your battery center and quarterback. How that remains to be seen, we'll see as it unfolds against Baltimore. But, um, yeah, unfortunate for both those guys. And I think that's the, that's the one uh, – maybe question mark coming out of the game, right? Is that it's been two straight games and and Richardson has left both games with a different injury in one capacity. And again, Kevin, I know we talked about this preseason that all comes down to the type of player he is. You can't take that away, but it's all about limiting the hits you're taking and how can you minimize some of those bigger hits and blows? Uh, I always think Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison caught a lot, a lot of passes for a lot of years. The guy never got hit and Richardson continuing to understand when it's time to take a hit and when it's time maybe to to slide early or step out of bounds a step before and maybe you give up three or four yards, but you're playing the long game. I want to expand on that, if you don't mind. I think Jalen Hurts, for example, has been pretty public this offseason leading into this year about how he has realized like you aren't invincible, and there are moments where you just have to live to see another down. To your point, I mean, and you played with a quarterback like this, I mean, what made Andrew Luck special was his ability to do some stuff with his legs and make off-script stuff happen. Obviously, it's a huge part of Richardson's game. Like, stylistically, if you were Shane Steichen, what would your conversations be with Anthony Richardson when he does get back on the field in terms of playing style and what he does in the open field? Because all three injuries have occurred on scramble plays or design runs, I should say, in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's really a two-part process. It's one, what plays are you scheming up and designing? How many times are you running those true quarterback design run, quarterback powers, or 
how many times is Richardson saying, hey, the play breaks down, I don't like the coverage, I'm going to break contain in the pocket and go try to do it with my legs. That's the first. But the second is on Richardson in terms of knowing how to slide, knowing when to slide. And I think more than anything as a young quarterback, I mean, the guy is trying to do so well for this team and show, hey, Indianapolis, I'm your quarterback of the future. I'm the franchise guy. But it's okay on third and ten to throw the ball away and not try to scramble and take two hits and gain three yards. It's okay to slide early. And maybe you don't get the first down, but you punt. That's okay because you're playing the long game. Again, fourth and one, game's on the line. That's completely different than a the third drive of the game, early second quarter, where you got to be okay maybe throwing the ball away and living the fight one more. How much different are the hits going from college to the NFL? And do you think that's part of what Richardson's running into? I mean, he was he was lit up at the goal line by a DB. That wasn't like a headhunting linebacker or anything like that. No question. I think that's a great point. When you're scrambling in college, as big and fast and strong as he is, you're not taking a lot of hits. Or you're lowering your shoulder and you're punishing the linebackers and the defensive backs. But the NFL, it's a different level with the strength and speed. And I think he's figuring that out. Again, the preseason, he didn't play much. Obviously, the joint practices and against ourselves at Grand Park, you're not taking those hits. So I think you scramble, the play breaks down, he's rushing to the edge. He's really realizing the speed of NFL linebackers and defensive backs and their strength. And that's a great point, Andy. I do think that game four, five, six, he'll have a better gauge on that. Who can he outrun? Who can he not? Who's a guy that might deliver a bigger blow than maybe you would have seen on Saturday afternoon? Joe, I'd be remiss, and we appreciate your time here on this Monday morning if I didn't give you the opportunity to address, I would say, quite a big one in Hamilton County coming up on Friday night, right, for your Garen Eagles? Oh, Garen Catholic and the Bishop Chatard Trojan. Chatard's awful good. I know they got uh, your Cathedral Fighting Irish, but uh, we got them at home, and, and we do have a – Get some bulletin board material here. here. No no bulletin board material for me. Chittard's number one. They're defending state champs. It's going to take the very best that Garen Catholic has, but I'm excited to be up there and watch that game on Friday night. Hey, the other sports thing, Bone, we got to talk about. What are we doing in Cincinnati? We got to take 11 to go, baby. The Twins, and then we play the Pirates. I I really just hope we don't come down to the end of the season when we're playing the Cardinals who have packed it in (laughs) and they take us out for one or two. But at least the Cubs got swept. That was good to see. Five in a row, Cubs (laughs) losing. 11 to go for the Reds, Joe. It's so true that you point out that Cardinals series to end the year. Like, Would there be anything more Reds than just lose two or three to the Cardinals and miss the playoffs by one game? No. I mean, the good thing is that the Diamondbacks, they're playing the Giants this week, and they're out there in the West and fighting it out. But it's going to be interesting, kind of those four teams with the Marlins. Who, those final two spots, what are they going to come down to? I've seen the Marlins up there. I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. But that's probably how some markets view the Reds as well. Joe, always enjoy the combos, man. Tonight, 6 o'clock, Colts Roundtable Live. It's a must-listen with Joe, Rick Venturi, and Matt Taylor. Have a great week, man. Hey, what uh, what are you doing for your birthday? And also, I saw on social media uh, your son crawling to pick the winner. Uh, my sister showed me that. That was awesome. Has he been right? Two out of two weeks? Uh, he is one and one on the season. Um, right. Some people are saying that uh, I need to switch the helmets around. He's a little right-hand dominant. Uh, I'm like, the, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the kid's 12 months old. I, I don't know. I feel like we're reading a little bit too much into it. But uh, uh, as you know, Joe, I think once you turn, I don't know, 30 and you have multiple children and you have a few, uh, the old 34th birthday just takes the back seat here. 
Yeah, that's, that's true. It's not exactly a high one. I think you should spin him around a few times before the next time one. Get him disoriented a little bit. And <laughs> that's then a great point. That way, it, that way you yeah. take out any sort of bias, right hand, left hand. He's used to the same same area. That's, that's what I think. Well, I, I also thought, you know, we could put him on a little bit of an elevated surface. I mean, he's starting to pull up. Like, you know, maybe I mean, this is a hard game coming up on Sunday, right? Eight-point underdog, I think, was the early line. Colts at Ravens. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put the helmets a little bit higher up and, you know, see where his equilibrium's at with that. There's there's so many different ways you can go with this, but I think that's awesome. And yeah, keep the tradition going. That's great. We got a long season here, Joe. Uh, thank you, man. Have a great week. All right, take care. See you guys. Thought, thought that was uh, Mark Dykton giving us some Evanescence or something there on the uh, on the way in. There we go, spinning something over there. Mark <laughs> yes, Dykton. he is. Uh, he has he has angst built up with his team, so he's got to go back <laughs> yeah, to that. Uh-huh. Two, That's three. what he listened to after the uh, Justin Fields end zone interception yesterday. <laughs> Two, three. Just a bunch of like hard rock and then Ed Sheeran to like try to like <laughs> calm my nerves. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Uh, let's knock out some phone calls. We'll keep it going. Five word headlines coming up in the nine o'clock hour. We'll also have. Have our goats of the week, and Justin Fields might be one of ours. We shall see. Uh, let's go out to Paul here on the fan on this Reaction Monday. Paul, what's happening? Not much. Good morning, gentlemen. Andy, I want to congratulate you and welcome to you to the Thank you. fraternity of fatherhood. Thank you. KB, I'd like to wish you a very happy birthday. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a fun little Monday here celebrating. Certainly, uh, Mason, much more than birthday number 34, but nonetheless, thank you, Paul. All right. Now, that being said, Daryl Baker is lost out there on the defensive field. Uh, he's always trailing the, the, his offensive player. Always. He, like I was telling Mark, he reminds me of Eugene Daniel from way back in the day. Eugene Daniel was always trailing and then playing catch-up and coming in after somebody else would slow the guy down and help make the tackle. He should not be out there just like Deion Jackson should not be out there. If we have to continue to play him, the Colts secondary is going to continue to look bad because he is bringing that unit down by himself. Uh, that being said, I love the fight that the defensive line had. I love how the offense played yesterday, and I feel like even without Anthony Richardson, if we have to play without him next week, we do have a chance against uh, the Ravens. Uh, I'm not counting the Colts out by any means. And as long as the defense of line plays like they play and we can get Juju Brent or somebody in there for Daryl Baker, I think the Colts have a chance of winning next week against the Ravens. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate Some optimism. that. I like Gotta that. Gotta love the, you know. Optimism. Congrats, Andy. Happy birthday. <laughs> Daryl Baker sucks. You know, that's as that, soon as we're. That's Sports Talk Radio, That KB. is Sports Talk Radio from Paul right there. I didn't think we'd get a Eugene Daniel bingo card <laughs> reference this early on a Monday, but nonetheless, we have. Um, Third quarters are tough, man. Let's go to Juju Brents because that is a question I've gotten quite a lot here in the last 24 hours. Andy, he's been a healthy scratch each of the last two weeks. He did miss the practice, the Friday practice, right before the Jacksonville game due to a personal matter. Outside of that, he's pretty much practiced every single day for about the past three to four-ish weeks, and that is a massive improvement from he just wasn't available at all in the offseason. So now, and this is a good question that I'll throw Gus Bradley's way tomorrow when the coordinators meet the media, but you know, now he's practiced for several weeks in a row. What do you want to see? 
Like, or what does he need to show, I guess, to earn some playing time? Because, yes, Baker Jr. certainly struggled. C.J. Stroud clearly was picking on him. Um, yeah, trailing, I think that's a good observation. I He missed a couple big tackles yesterday that allowed Nico Collins to get some yards after catch. And, you know, there were moments yesterday where you looked at him and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why he went undrafted. I mean, he's got the size, but from a speed standpoint, the makeup speed, that probably is not there um, to that point. I still think on the depth chart, Jalen Jones, the seventh-round pick, out of AM would be ahead of them. Uh, and we'll see if the Colts re-kick the tires on Darius Rush. Kansas City did cut him to make move, I think to make the move for Chris Jones, actually, over the weekend. Um, maybe Rush will be back on Kansas City's practice squad. Who knows? But, you know, that is a name that you could uh, look back into. Yeah, I think Brents and company, who's going to be that other corner there? I, I think that's a sneaky, important thing that we talk about. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, what they do at running back, some of the other injuries, O-line, we talk a lot about that. Uh, but I think that's I think that's spot on. And I think Brent's being such a high pick is someone that people want to see. Uh, quickly, before we go to break, Nick up next on the fan on this Reaction Monday. Nick, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, B. Happy birthday. And Andy, welcome. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Thank you That's so crazy. much. Thanks, Appreciate Nick. It. Always good to hear your voice. Yeah, good. It's been a long time, but um, I'll just say this real quick. Okay, first a compliment. I got to hand to Chris Ballard. The, the acquisition of Gardner Minshew was great because last year we were talking about you can't value the depth at backup enough, especially in this modern NFL. So I think getting him was a great insurance policy. Not the long term, but a sustainable insurance policy. Now, that being said, Steichen wants to win. but I And, and the fact is, he's working with what he has. And and the thing, and here's the thing: he wants to win. They're going to try to win. They're not going to lay. They're not going to lay down for Marvin Harrison Jr. And I believe more in Steichen than our GM. He's working with the weaponry he has. And the fact of the matter is that he's drawing up these plays because we don't have. We, we're not sustaining Anthony Richardson. Everyone, now that looks different for everybody. Sometimes you got to rebuild your line to support and sustain your quarterback. Sometimes you need exhaust valves. This kid needs exhaust valves, and we don't have them, whether it be Pittman or lack of Taylor. And I want to ask one question. If we repeat the sins of Andrew Luck because we do not support this kid, where do the fans go, Kevin? Because the one thing I can say is this fan base has been traumatized by the negligence of the front office. And if we lose Anthony Richardson to another Andrew Luck-like injury, where do the fans go? Your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. That's the worry. That's what Bob Kravitz wrote about, by the way. Yeah. That's the worry. And I think it's a very fair point. You know, the the drafting and making such a unique selection is one thing. And then what happens after that? Development and support. And those are the two biggest pieces to, I think, why quarterbacks ultimately fail. I think you could point to a lot of these guys drafting the top 10. And sure, maybe their own makeup is what held them back. But I think proper development and proper support also are huge, huge factors in this. And right now with Richardson, I would say it's twofold. Certainly, it's the personnel around him. That is the one that Nick just mentioned, and I think that's the biggest area where I have a question of, okay, how is this going to look around him over the next handful of years? But I also think, again, you can't ignore what has happened through these five quarters in that there's got to be an altering of his playing style. I don't say a full wholesale change, but there's got to be an altering of of that playing style from him. That is absolutely paramount to make sure he proves that he can be available for the long run. Should we go ahead with our Goats of the Week? Yeah, let's go. 
Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. <laughs> this guy sucks. Of the week. <laughs> Oh, boy, I love that for Mark Dykton there. All right, I will begin first. This is lowercase. It happened inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. It was late in the game. Indiana's trying to make a spirited comeback. It's fourth and goal. They take a timeout. You know, the 1,200 people inside of Lucas Oil Stadium on their feet. Fourth and goal. Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator of the Hoosiers. Slow developing right up the gut. Absolutely stuffed. Didn't have a prayer of getting into the end zone. Your rushing performance at that point of the game was hovering around two yards per carry, and that was the play call after a timeout. They were terrible. I, I tweeted this out at one point. Like they had like an interception, and like they they came out of the timeout had three bad plays in a row, and then they did that at the very end. Uh, I would be with you on that. All right, my uh, my goat of the week, not the good goat. I'm sorry. It's it's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. He got all of the money. He threw for 82 yards against Cleveland. He averaged 2.6 per attempt. He comes back. They lose at home to Baltimore. Just 222 yards. Throws yet another pick. And uh, they're 0-2. And now he tweaked the calf injury. He's going to be injured. You know, we talk about Anthony Richardson injuries. Now Joe Burrow has his calf injury, which is, you know, I mean, I mean this is going to linger all season. Like, you already know it's going to be there all season. And the Bengals were supposed to be one of the best teams. And Joe Burrow gets all that money, and they're 0-2, and he don't look very good. He, and he looks, looks bad. He looks hurt. He doesn't look good. His completion percentage is 45%. His QBR is 44 It's a mess right now in Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow, not good. Mark Dyson, my good go to the week is Puka Nakua, the fifth round pick, wide receiver from the Rams. Yeah. How about no this Cooper start? Cup, no problem. This kid has balled out in his first two games. He's had twenty five catches on thirty five targets for two hundred and sixty six yards. I mean, if he's somehow available in your fantasy league, you better scoop him up on the waiver wire. He has been very, very impressive so far. Obviously, my bad is the Bears. By the way, yeah, can we? Well, yeah, can we? It can is we, what it is. What's yeah. gone under the radar is the orange jerseys. Every time they wear the orange jerseys, they Gosh, get embarrassed. Like really? Burn them at the stake. I get like, them out of here. I love what the Patriots were rocking last night, and I'm very excited about Notre Dame wearing green. I, I, I love the Patriots jerseys but on yeah, Saturday. Bears defense, can you get a third and long stop, please? It's third and eleven, and it might as well be third and inches because every team is converting these big long third and long plays on them. Uh, Mr. Uh, Puka will be inside of Lucas Oil Stadium coming. I know, up, I know. Uh, a week from Sunday when the Colts host the Rams. No Cooper Cup though, injured reserve, so he has to miss at least that one. All right, uh, in all caps for me. I, Maybe from a fantasy football standpoint, it doesn't really get there. I mean, he had 88 rushing yards and a touchdown, but the bar was so damn low <laughs> for competency for the Colts running back position exiting week one. I'm going to go with Zach Moss. There you go, Zach Moss. And, and love. a big reason why, and I know, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm nerding out too much with this. Zach Moss played every single offensive snap but one. I mean, he hadn't practiced. I mean, he had missed a month and a half of practice, didn't play in the preseason. This is not a guy that's been a bell cow running back at all in his NFL career. When the Colts needed somebody, 
anybody from a running back standpoint to step up. He delivered in a game where you lost your starting quarterback early on. Again, solid day on the ground, really solid. Over four yards per carry, had a couple catches, every snap but one. No Deion Jackson, no Jake Funk. I'm going Zach Moss for my GOAT all-caps of the week. Yeah, my GOAT all-caps of the week. Uh, and this is where I was, well, maybe besides the Dallas Cowboys, as wrong as I've been, and I'll even push my biases of, uh, aside here, is Deion Sanders. Really? I, I mean, it's prime. I mean, they didn't even play great, but they but they won the game. Now, Hunter's injured. And by the way, we didn't even talk about that hit. I assume you guys saw that. The head, uh-huh. the yes, head number 11 for Colorado oh, State. Oh, yeah. That guy was jawing the entire game, and he gets the big hit on Hunter, and it was a dirty hit and everything else, and he's going to miss some time. But it's Deion Sanders. They're up to number 19 in the AP. And, I mean, if they could split one of the next two, that would be a top 10 win on his resume. Good God, if they ever won both of them they'd be the number one team in the country uh, and that would be a huge story but I mean prime I mean you had you had what the Fox show was there college game day was there the rock, the, the rock was yeah, there Lil Wayne, Mac, yeah. Lil Wayne McAfee's hugging him uh, I mean all the celebrities on the sideline everyone tweeting out at prime whether you like it or not uh, it might be coming to an end the next couple weeks if Oregon you know Oregon takes care of him if USC takes care of him but, but, but good God if, he, if they beat Oregon on the road on Saturday. I mean, how is game day not there? I mean, how do you, how are you not there again? What are the rules on being there? Oh, you got to go to Notre Dame, yeah. Ohio State. No, I'm talking in two weeks. Oh, I'm for talk- the USC if, game? If they beat Oregon, I gotta, mean, gotta, USC's gotta, yeah. going to yeah, be number yeah, sure. four in the country, and Colorado's going to be number eight. Number nine, right? Something right. like that. I mean, it's they ain't pri- being Oregon. It's prime right now. He's a he's the he's a talk of college football. All yes. right, we'll do it one final time to recap here. The wake up call, KB and Andy, on a Monday.